Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. How many of you uh, would say that you are blessed, that you are just live a blessed life? Maybe just raise your hand and say, I live a blessed life. How many of you would say, I would like to be more blessed? Maybe raise your hand and say, I would love to even be even more blessed than I already am. I think everybody in the room would clearly say that they would like that to be the case. So the word blessed, I was thinking about it. And I think oftentimes we get confused or maybe just... Um, there's so many different versions of what we might think the word blessed might be. Oftentimes we think blessed means material. Sometimes blessed means uh, to people that, you know, when I'm blessed, I think good things happen to me or that I feel like, you know, my life is in order. Some people say I'm blessed just because I'm alive. There's all sorts of things. So I kind of put together a, uh, a, just sort of a sentence that maybe would help maybe drive what we're talking about when we say the word blessed, okay? So I think I have it on the screen here. Blessed equals experiencing the divine presence of God Everywhere I go, Every, seeing those divine coincidences as God going before you to bless you. So it's kind of like in my life, I'm experiencing God's presence wherever I am, and he influences my life and the things that are happening around my life so that he goes before me. Some people would call that favor. Um, you know, when, when things work out for you the way that maybe logic would say that they might not work out or it just seems as though, um, you know, situations in your life are being handled and there's sort of, maybe if you looked at it, there's like a, there's a greater uh, hand on it. That's sort of the concept of, of blessing on your life. It's when you are in the will of God under, we talk a lot about alignment. We talk a lot about um, the will and the design that God has for our lives. This is that same concept, okay? Because the Bible makes a clear point that when we are in the will of God, when we are under the alignment and living according to what God's design is for us, that his blessing comes with it. And so what that really means is that living a blessed life means that I am living my life in such a way, according to God's principles that we find in his word, when we are doing what he's asking of us, that when we're in his spotlight, if you will, of his will, that his blessing comes down on us. And that means that his presence is with us. And where God's presence is, that means his supernatural ability to affect situations around us doesn't always mean that things are always peachy keen, but it means that when I'm going through situations, as I'm walking through them, the presence of God has the ability to interact with them and push them in the direction for my good. Okay, that's the concept of blessing, that God is going before us. And sometimes these divine coincidences, like, wow, I can't believe that happened. Well, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't a coincidence. It was a God incident. Then he goes before us to bless us. But, so the Bible actually says that if you want to be more blessed, Acts 20, verse 35 says, it would speak directly to you. These are the words of Jesus here. It's on the screen. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So Jesus actually said this. He was saying, so this concept of blessing, he says you're actually more blessed as an individual when you give more than when you get. Okay, so Jesus said if you want to be more blessed in life, it's actually more blessed to give than to receive. But the challenge is, is that so many people today think that being blessed is actually the concept of getting more, okay? So when we think of, oh, I'm blessed, that means that I've got more stuff. So by that very nature, you would think, well, America is a blessed nation because Africa must not be a blessed nation or a blessed country, continent. You understand what I'm saying? Like the idea is, is that people say, oh, I'm so blessed because I live in America. And that may be the case that God's favor has rested on our country in a sense that, that we have more stuff, but that's just a small piece of it. 
It's not about being more. The challenge is so many people think of being blessed as getting more when the reality is that it's experiencing the blessed life. We must be generous and be blessed as we give more. An example of this, my mother. My mom, Sandy Lanza, is the most generous person I know. My mom truly understands the scripture that it is better to give. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. My mom I can't tell you how many times she has just bought me gifts out of for no reason or how many times she's paid for my dinner or my family's dinner. She, in fact, is taking our entire family on a cruise this summer. She sold her father's house who had passed away a couple years ago and some of the money that she got from it, she said, I want to take the whole family on a cruise. Why? We didn't do anything special. She just wants to do it out of love. And while I can certainly tell you it's wonderful to receive, I mean, anybody who's woken up on Christmas morning and gets presents on a Christmas morning knows how great it is to receive gifts. But my mom understands that, it, that Jesus' words are true, that it's better to give than to receive. Because what happens to me in my heart is when, when, when I receive these things from my mom and I see these special acts from her of, oh my gosh, it makes me want to do it for her or for other people. If you've ever had anyone buy your dinner or buy your lunch or done something really, really special or really nice for you, and you're like, whoa, and then you take that back and you give it to other people, it's like a thrill. It's a thrill to be able to bless other people. There's something that takes place inside of you when you, when you give, not because of obligation, but when you want to do something because like you, you're generous. And that heart, when you do that, something takes place inside of you and God's word becomes true in your life is that it is better to give than to receive. And when I catch that same heart and when I give to other people, my heart just overflows with joy in seeing other people receive. And it truly is more blessed to give than to receive. I think if we as believers, as Christians, could internalize this truth, I think I think. I think maybe in some ways we read a scripture like Acts 20, 35, and it says, Jesus said it is better to give than to receive. And most of us go, okay, I believe what Jesus said, but I don't know if I agree with that. And so we're going to kind of dive into that concept today because this is, this is the, the key to the blessed life. Okay, If we as believers can internalize this truth, it can be unquestionably life-changing for us to realize that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so our big idea for the whole day, and really this is going to guide the entire series, okay? The key to a blessed life is the heart of generosity. The key to a blessed life is the heart of generosity. I mean, so much of the Bible is about our heart, right? It's not about the actions. It's not about the things that I do. It's not about the things that I say. Those are just symptoms of what's really deep inside of our heart. And if we want to live a life that is blessed, the life that has God's presence on us, when we go to work, when we go to school, when we're at home, when we have decisions that we have to make, when we have situations that arise, if we want God to be working on our behalf, if we want God to be, his presence to be there, so people look at our lives and they go, Jared, I just, it seems like, like you, you, when you go through things, it seems, it seems like things just work out for you. That happens because of the blessing of God on your life. If you want to live the blessed life, it starts with the heart, okay? And the heart of generosity is where it says, Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. If you want to be more blessed, you will be more blessed when you become more generous. And Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 illustrates this point. We're going to kind of walk through some scriptures today. They're going to really talk about this. Kind of this... Um, contradiction, it seems like. In, in our society, we feel like the word of God, like it rubs us 
wrong because it smacks up against what we've been taught. And so Proverbs 11, 24, and 25 says exactly the same concept here, okay? So verse 24, the verse should be on the screen here. It says, one person gives freely and yet he gains even more. So somehow he's, he's giving freely. He's like, yeah, take this. Here, take this. Take this. I have three coats. Have two of them. Like he's just giving stuff away and yet somehow gains even more. But, this, but then another person withholds unduly. So like he has no reason to withhold. He has plenty but holds it in. It says, but comes to poverty. Okay, so one person gives freely. We would naturally think that he should have less, right? I mean, that's kind of the way it works. But the Bible tells us, but he gains more. But another person could give, but doesn't and holds on to what he has. And instead of having more, like logic would say, somehow the Bible tells us that he ends up losing it and comes to poverty. One man gives freely and gains while the other person holds and loses, but verse 25 then tells us what kind of a person prospers in the world. It says a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now this, again, smacks against what our culture teaches us. Our culture tells us, climb up the ladder. Our culture tells us to hold on to what we have, build a nest egg, right? That's what our culture tells us. But God's word in the kingdom of God, everything is flipped upside down. What it actually tells us is that in order to be blessed in life, it means we need to give. This is God's, God's principles at work here. He says a generous person will prosper. There is a clear principle at work here in, in God's word about, about giving and about our heart. The key to a blessed life is always generosity. It's always a generous heart. There's another passage of scripture that talks about the same thing. And it illustrates this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. Again, we're going to have these on the screen. Verse 6 says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. I mean, any farmer is going to understand this concept. If you plant a few seeds in the ground, you can only expect a few crops. If you plant a lot of seeds, then you can expect to have a lot of crops, expect a large harvest. This is what we're hearing here, is remember, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Verse 7 then says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And that word there for cheerful is actually the Greek word for hilarious. So it's kind of like, it's almost like extravagant. He's saying God loves the person who gives away in a way that other people would look and go, that guy's crazy. Like, he loves it when people are, don't take what they have so seriously that they, that they would be willing to just give whatever they have. It could be the milk in their refrigerator. It could be the money in their bank account. It could be the car that they have. I have seen people who have lived lives of extravagant, extravagant generosity, and they just do it with such a cheerful heart. And you would think, how in the world can you possibly be so happy because you're giving away all you have? You know, it's like, oh, I don't need that 60-inch plasma television. Take it. You know, or I've seen people give away nice cars. I've seen people, you know, like just, like, oh, I just got paid. Well, here's half my paycheck to help you pay your electric bill. I've seen that, and yet somehow they live lives that are more joy-filled than, than many other people that I see. And it's, it's this concept of cheerful, cheerfulness. 
You know, in the Old Testament, they would actually throw parties. They would have festivals in, during offering time. So, like, it was built into the, the Jewish culture, okay? So they, what they would actually do is there would be times where they would, the whole community would come together and be like, this is the day we're going to bring our offering, our tithes, okay? Because in their world, they didn't have paychecks. What they had was they had harvest, and they had, you know, um, times of seasons where their animals gave birth to other animals. So at that time, currency was animals, and it was agricultural products like grain and, and things like that. So, so what would happen is, is once they waited for the harvest to come in, at the time of the harvest would come, they would then take the tenth of, their, of what they had, you know, whatever it was they were given, if it was the firstborn of their calf or if it was a, a tenth of the, all the grain that they had harvested, they would get all their stuff together, they would all come together to bring it to the temple and they'd throw a big party. And so when God says that he loves a cheerful giver, what he's talking about is he loves it like when people are so blessed that they say, you know what, God, I'm so thankful for what you've done in my life that I'm going to come together and I'm going to cheerfully give. I'm going to throw a party. I'm going to get together with my friends because he loves a cheerful giver. But then verse 8 continues, and this is the blessed life right here. Understand this. On the other side of generosity, here are the blessings that are promised to you. Verse 8, it says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Okay, there's some powerful words right there. God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, not just some things, that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This is the blessed life, okay? It's not, it's not like blessed like, oh, well, if I follow God's plan for my life, then I'm going to be a rich person, be able to move out of the city and buy a big house. That's not what we're talking about. The blessed life is about being in a place where God will be able to take care of you at all times, in all things. You'll have enough so that you can be generous to others. Why? Skip to verse 11. It says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You see, what's happening here is that we're not just talking about our finances. We're talking about every aspect of our life. If you think that God's blessing is only understanding in the financial realm, then you are way underestimating God. He wants to bless you relationally. He wants to bless you physically. He wants to take your life and use it as an example so that when other people come in contact with you, it says right here in verse 11 that, God will, that people will thank God because of you. Does your life like that? Is your life in a place now where when, when people interact with you, they walk away and they go, wow, I'm so glad that I know Jared. I'm so glad to know him because he has made an impact in my life. I thank God for knowing someone like Jared. Like that's, what, that's what verse 11 says. It says God wants to bless us so much financially, relationally, physically, spiritually, that you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, he says, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. We are made rich not to just enjoy it for ourselves, but so that we can be generous on every occasion and through it, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God is always in the business of pulling people back to him. And he's not going to give us something just to be used for ourselves if it's not going to be used to bring people and bring glory to his name. Imagine your heart of generosity. 
growing so much that there are people in your community, people around the world that thank God because of you. They thank God for your generosity. So the question then is, is why are more people not generous? Why are more people not blessed in our world, in our lives, even in the church? The answer is because too many people have what we'll call a bag mindset, a bag mindset. There are three mindsets we're going to just kind of hit on today. The bag mindset. This is the idea of that we just don't have enough. I think so many people live in this place where they, they go, every month I get paid, that's my bag, I fill it with my income, and then somehow it seems like my bag has holes in it. You know, so it's the bag of holes. This comes from verse, chapter uh, Haggai, ver, yeah, sorry, the, the book of Haggai in the Old Testament, chapter 1, verse 6, it says this, you eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm, and you earn wages only to put them in a purse or a bag with holes in it. So this idea of the bag that we never have enough, some of us are stuck in this mindset that maybe you've had a, you have a hard life, you have a difficult life, and I'm not by any means, um, you know, downplaying your situation or your, your upbringing or your financial status. What I am saying is that the concept of, that, that there just never seems to be enough. And this idea that, you know, just when we get ahead, something happens. My transmission goes out or my water heater goes out. I grew up like this. This is, I grew up feeling in my life that I could never have some nice things. I felt like whenever there was money that was coming into the house that we always had to pay some unexpected bill. I mean, maybe you, maybe there's someone in the room, maybe most of us in the room are in a place where we feel like this is where we live. Like, this is my life. We live paycheck to paycheck, and I want to give. I want to be generous. I hear what you're saying, Pastor Jared. I love this idea that God wants to bless us, and he wants to use me as a blessing to other people, but I just don't know how I can be that way because I just don't have it. This is the bag mentality, that whatever we are given, it somehow seems to disappear rapidly. And in the Bible, there was a man named Judas. Judas was the one who betrayed Jesus. So there's this story where Jesus is sitting down at dinner, and this woman walks in, and she opens this bottle of perfume, and she breaks it open and pours it over Jesus as like a— and the Bible tells us it was symbolic of an anointing for his, his, his burial later. But that Bible tells us that that perfume was worth one year's wages. Imagine however much you make, okay, whether it be— 15, 20, 30, 40, $60,000, $100,000, however much some of you make in this room. Imagine giving that item away and pouring it out as an offering. And Judas, the Bible tells us in that story, who was so concerned about the bag, he was the money handler, actually. I don't know if you knew this. Judas was the guy who carried the money and handled the money for the disciples. He was the guy. Well, we don't really have enough money. What does Judas say in the story? I cannot believe that you took that whole jar and you poured it out on Jesus. That would have been better to sell and give to the poor. That's what Judas says. And Jesus said, no. She gave it as an offering to me. You have no idea what you're doing. And so I think this is how we oftentimes live our lives. Jesus was betrayed by Judas because of the man who had a bag mindset. He betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And I think we do the same thing today. People don't give today. And scripture says that the tithe belongs to God. Returning the 10%. And people don't do that today because they are more concerned about what's in the bag than they are about obeying and honoring God. And I think a lot of people, unfortunately, are stuck in that mentality. But there is a better way. 
the better way that we'll call it the basket mentality. And this is about being more than enough. This is the idea of more than enough. This is the person who believes that God is an abundant God, that God can provide and will provide more than enough even if I don't have enough in my bag. And so this comes from the passage of Scripture here in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, and it says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Now here's the thing. Jesus was talking to a group of farmers, okay? Many of the people he talked to were in an agricultural society. And I've read this scripture, and maybe if you grew up in church, you've read this passage of scripture, and you're like, what the heck does that mean? Shaken together, pressed down, all that. I have no idea what that means. Well, here's what it means. He was talking to farmers. And what would happen is, is during harvest time, the master of the farm would hire day laborers. There were two groups of people who would collect the grain that was harvested, okay? There were day laborers. These are the people who were paid. So my job today is to grab a basket and to haul baskets of grain from point A into the storehouse of point B, okay? This is what they would do. Now those people, because they were being paid, they would kind of fill their their baskets up to like three-fourths of the way full, just full enough that it would look like to the master that they were filling it and doing their job, but not enough to where it was like overflowing and they would be, you know, like weighed down by the end of the day, they'd be exhausted. That's group one, the day laborers. Group two was who he's referencing here. These are the people that at the end of the day, when the harvest was done for the day, the master in his benevolence, in his goodness, would say to the poor individuals, he would say, listen, I want you to take a basket and I want you to grab as much as you can and take it home for yourself personally, the leftovers. I don't need it, so take it. And what they would do is they would grab a basket. Imagine this. Imagine if you were poor, if you didn't have anything, you would run out into the field. You would gather up as much as you can. You would put it in the basket. You'd push it down. You would press it down. You would shake it. You'd sift it. You'd get all the air out, right? Get in there. Like, and it's overflowing. You're carrying as many baskets as you can. Stuff's falling. You got a trail of grain behind you. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying that when you give, I'm going to give you back in in such a way that it's a full basket, not just the one that has all sorts of air pockets in it. God is going to take care of you. If you live in a basket mentality that I trust that my master is good, that God is benevolent, when I trust that, that he is going to take care of me, he will fill my basket, my bag. He will repair the bag that has the holes in it, and he will give me, if I just trust him, with enough that is more, not just for me, but will overflow to be a blessing to others. And that's the basket mentality. This is the kind of God that we serve. He's a God of abundance. When we are faithful with what is inside of our bag, he can trust us with more. As we are faithful, God may give us more materially, but with also in other ways in our lives so that our baskets are overflowing. There's another example of this same concept. There was a little boy who had five loaves of bread and two fish. And his disciples were there with him, and there was a large crowd. Jesus had just gotten done teaching. And in the space, the disciples, who oftentimes had this bag mentality instead of the basket mentality, came up to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, we don't have enough food for all these people. Send them home. And Jesus said, well, you feed them. We talked about this kind of story a couple weeks ago. And the disciples said, how the heck are we supposed to do that? We only have a little bit. And this little boy, they see him, and he has the bread and the fish. That boy could have had the bag mentality and could have said, well, this is all I've got. You guys find your own stuff. I'm sorry. But the boy trusted enough in what he had seen from Jesus. He said, hey, this is what I've got. Take it and use it. 
We know the rest of the story that Jesus just somehow miraculously kept pulling apart pieces of bread and pieces of fish, so much so that there were baskets of filled baskets left over afterwards that the disciples got to take with him. I mean, it's this crazy, miraculous story that all started with something that seemed small. And if you live in a bag mindset, you're going to be in the space of like, God, all I have is this, and I can't give it to you. I'm sorry, because I need to eat lunch. But if we have a basket mentality, we say, okay, God, I trust that your word is true. From Proverbs, right? It says, for those who give freely, they will gain even more. For those who are generous, they will prosper. It is better to give than it is to receive. It sounds like a contradiction in my mind, but in my spirit I know it's true because I trust your word. So take the little that I have, the thing that hurts, because the little boy could have been like, I'm going to give everybody else my lunch and now I'm going to starve. I don't know if I'm going to make it home. My mom's going to be really mad at me. i got a three-day walk to go home. Okay, so that boy made a decision to give the small amount he had in his bag and he was faithful with it and gave it to Jesus and Jesus gave an abundance more. That's the principle of generosity at work. When one man gives freely, he will receive more. When one withholds unduly, he comes to poverty. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And my prayer for each one of you is that God would stretch your faith outside of a bag mentality and into the basket mentality. A heart of generosity. I want a heart of generosity to grow within myself and within you and that we would all give whatever is needed whenever we see it and see a need, trusting God will meet it and will replace it with even more. But you know, there's even one even greater space of a mentality that's even better. It's called the barn mentality. And that means that, that we have infinitely more than we need, infinitely more than enough, and that God is able to provide even greater amounts more than we could ever imagine for us. So once we're faithful with the bag that God has given us, the little bit, and we honor him and we obey him with, with what he asks us to do with what he gives us, and then we are faithful with the basket. God has given us more and replaced it, and we're still faithful. And even when he gives us more than we need, we take it and we bless others with it. Then he can begin to, to open up the barns to us. And this is about releasing large portions of your income. And this is, I think, a place where only a few people ever get to. Deuteronomy 28.8 says this, The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The story of Joseph illustrates this point beautifully. In the Old Testament, Joseph was a man who was the 12th brother, 12th son of, a, of, of the man Israel. His name was or Jacob. And his brothers hated him. They were jealous of him. They threw him in a pit to die. He was faithful there, refused to, to blaspheme the name of God. He was taken from the pit into prison in Egypt. And in that space, he was faithful to God. The Bible tells us that Joseph continued to honor the Lord with what he had. Okay, So Joseph's life was his bag at that point. And he was faithful with it. And God took him from that place and put him into the palace of the Pharaoh, of the second in command, basically. He was serving that man. And then eventually, ultimately, became second in command in all of Egypt. So God took Joseph as he was faithful from place to place to place. And then in the time of the greatest famine, in the time of greatest need, because Joseph was faithful with what had been given to the kingdom, they had stored all of this grain in a barn, in barns, in storehouses. And when the time came... God gave Joseph the ability to be able to feed all of Egypt from the barns that had incredible stores in it because he was faithful with what he was given. So the, the, the illustration, the point here that I'm just trying to make is that God can use us to bless so many more people 
one day. Like, but it has to start in a place of where we're faithful with what God has given us in our little bag. Some of us are in a room right now, and I feel the tension. I feel it, this place of where God is, is, is battling inside of our hearts. I have been here. I have been in this place where you're saying, I look at my budget, and there's just not room for me to be able to do what you're saying. But if it was more than just a faith thing, I would say fine. But God is asking us to trust his word. He's asking us to trust him and where he's at. If you can begin to walk in the place of where you trust God with your finances, with your relationships, with your, with your physical body, with, with just, you say, God, whatever I have, you have given it all to me, and I believe that you are more than enough. I believe that if I don't have enough money to pay my bills this week, this month, I'm still going to give to you what you have asked and I'm going to obey what you've commanded me to do because I trust that you are abundant. I trust that you are large, that you are able to be faithful and that when I give freely, you will give me more. I believe that I will overflow because I believe your word is true. But we cannot live this life of blessing. We cannot live this life of blessed life of God's divine presence and his, his working on our behalf in supernatural ways. We cannot do it if we live in disobedience. And so to go from the bag to the barn, the place of where we have so much, and I'm not just talking vastness, I'm saying there are people, like I said, who give away their cars, people who give away everything they have because they realize this place, it's like God has blessed me so much that I just, I don't need these things. And they just give it away. And I know that that's a hard part. I'm not there yet either. But God has this place where it's infinitely more. He can provide all for us. But here's the thing. God wants to know how much he can bless you with. So the question then remains to you and to myself is, are you going to be a bag person? Are you going to be the person who's always living his life saying it's never enough and not truly trusting that God wants to use you? Are you going to be a basket person? This is the person who acts like a funnel. A funnel that, that, that gets to be overflowing and be a blessing to other people. So when God pours into you, it becomes so much that it, the things, the overflow is what you give to other people. Or can we maybe one day aspire to be barn people? Where we think, you know what, this stuff isn't for me. I don't need it. God has blessed me immensely and more than just materially. And I'm going to help and be, reach people more than just one person. Some people live their lives. The story, I was reading a book and one guy, he actually said that, that he actually gives 60% of his income away. 60% of his income. I thought, oh my gosh, that's crazy. How could he do that? He has a barn mentality. He has just worked through the space of where God has, has just, he just realized, I don't need all of these things. And somehow he just organized his life over time to where he just gives so much and he's blessed by it. Luke chapter sixteen ten. This is Jesus again talking. And this is how we cap it all up here. Whoever can be trusted with very little, what's in the bag, can also be trusted with much. This is what's in the barn, okay? So this is the idea. If you're faithful with the little, God will give you more. And whoever is dishonest with very little, with whatever's in their bag, will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been really trustworthy in handling the wealth or the, the income that God has given you, you cannot expect him to give you more to be able to do anything with it. This is a hard word. I understand that. This is a hard word. I have had to chew on this over the years. But it started with a message just like this, where God has spoken into my life and said, Jared, I want to be the blessing. 
in your life. And I want you to be, I want people to see me through your life, but I cannot do it because you're being disobedient to me. You're holding on to the things that I've given you and thinking that it was all for you. So where does all this start? Proverbs 3, back to Proverbs again, verses 9 through 10, gives us a very clear direction. Verse 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth. And the word wealth just means whatever God has given you. With the first fruits of your crop, and we talked about that earlier, at harvest time, they would take a portion of the first part of the harvest and they would give it. It says, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with the new wine. For us, the first fruits is the first tenth. This is where it begins for us. It is the returning to God, the first tithe. The tithe belongs to God. This is the beginning of the heart of generosity for us. We have to be at this place where we understand that God has told us, bring the first fruits of your wealth, honor God with what he has given you, and bring it to the storehouse. And then it says that God will overflow your barns and your vats will brim over with new wine. The beauty of the tithe is that it teaches us to trust God. It teaches us that God can do more with our 90% of our income that is blessed than 100% that it's unblessed. And when we return the tithe back to God, he blesses our finances. That's the barn piece. That's the then, the. If we are obedient, he will bless us. And when we don't, Scripture actually says that we're under a curse. When we return the tithe to God, the tithe actually breaks the grip of materialism. This is true. When you say, God, I'm going to obey you, despite the fact that I am fearful of the fact of what's going to happen if I do this, it breaks the grip of materialism in our life and it boosts our faith and it shows that God shows God that we're serious and then in that faith activates something in our lives and he blesses us with it and takes care of us. God is faithful. Talk to anyone who tithes faithfully. They will tell you that God is faithful and protects them. It teaches us to put our faith in God and you will be blessed. And I imagine God saying to us as we wrap up today, I'd like to give you barn blessings, but many of you think that if I give you more that it's all for you. It's not all for you because God wants you to be more blessed and you are more blessed when you give than when you receive. And when we have more than enough, when God has given us more than we truly think we need, then you can be more blessed to give than to receive. And I truly believe that what God has given us, he's given us to be a blessing to other people. That's why we do our outreaches. That's why we do our egg hunt and we do our backpacks and all these things. I mean, it would be so much easier for us as a church to be able to take the offerings and the the giving that you have and take all of it and just sort of not do anything with it or, you know, get by bare bones. But we don't want to do that because we want to be a blessing to our community. We want to love them. We want to show them that God cares about them. And I live my life that way. And sometimes when our church income isn't where it needs to be, I live my life in a place that say, God, you are a God of a basket mentality, the God of the barn mentality, the God of, of who has so much more. And we're going to continue to be faithful with what you have given us. We're going to take the income you've brought in. We're going to do 15,000 eggs. We're going to give away 300 backpacks. And we're going to do all of these things because we're investing it in what God cares about. And God has always been faithful from the beginning. It's not always easy. And for this entire year as a church, you know, like we've had ups and downs with, you know, with, with giving and with, with our finances and these types of things. And I'm just being honest and being transparent with you as an illustration of this. It works in our personal lives and it works as a church. As we are faithful with what God has given us, he always provides. He's always faithful to give more. He's always increasing and he's always showing us his abundance. But we have to get out of this bag mentality, this place of where we think that it's never enough. And I refuse to be that in my life 
and I refuse to live that way as a church, we will continue to move forward and trust that God is abundant and will bless. The key to a blessed life is a heart of generosity. And what Jesus said is true. It is better to give. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Giving of our lives, giving of our, our, our energy, giving of our, of our time, of our ownership, of our, of our priorities, of our mind, of our bodies. Giving generously of who we are to God's purposes, to his kingdom, ultimately results in a blessed life. And it all starts with generosity in the heart. Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter Home or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.